Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Scatter Chatter Radio. I'm your boy, Jeff Ray. Hey, and this is Will93. And before we get started, man, I want everyone, um, please leave your comments below. Any questions, comments, concerns that you have about this show, any of our past shows, or if there's something you want us to talk about on our future shows, feel free to share them because we want to interact with you guys and, um, um, and, and just be in tune with you guys. With that said, well, we didn't have a special guest, and we didn't have anything super major to talk. It's just two good friends um, shooting the breeze and, and sharing thoughts, man. And um, and Ray, what, what's on your mind today? Um, I, I'm, my main concern is just where where we're going with everything. Um, we're in, we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID started. It really like got really hot around March, so we're in May now. Yeah. So, wonder how like we're gonna come out of this. Are we gonna come out of here like it's fat people like like is in uh what's that movie called? Um, Wally. I am Wally. Where we have the fat people on the, <laughs> the spaceship that ain't doing nothing, just eating. Or are we gonna come wow. out here educated, maybe in shape, a little bit more intellectual, focused on the things that really matter? Like where like where are we going? And then. Another thing that's on my mind is like I going into this starting March, like I told people like you're not gonna be going back to work till June. So I'm wondering even if it is gonna be June, um, according to Governor Newsom's like things that he's saying. And if we do go back into June, like once we reemerge and we get together as a flock of people are we going to go back into, like, quarantine, like, after September along with the flu season? And then are people going to be misdiagnosed because the flu season having the flu? And then are people not going to prepare for the coming flu season during the summer? They're just going to go back to normal, like, everything's, like, super normal. So um, that's one of my that's concerns. That's a very good that's, question. It's not a concern, just something I'm thinking about, just theoretically. Well, one of the things that I looked at, and, and and let's just call it what it is, a very liberal audience will say, you know what, we're going to take our time, we're going to look at the science, we're going to do the math, and we're going to give uh, a estimated or educated guess as to when and how 
to kind of reopen the country, kind of get the economy booming again. The more conservative route is not necessarily saying, hey, let's take our time. It's like enough time has lapsed, and we feel as though we're in a better situation than we were like February, March, and let's just kind of open it up and let the floodgates go and kind of let things fall as they may. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no real science to that, but the same conservative group really denies climate change as well. So it's not as if they're super scientific. It's just how they're feeling. It's a hunch. Um, and that's dangerous. Yeah. It is. Um, it's extremely dangerous. Um, it is the equivalent of playing Russian roulette with five bullets in the revolver and leaving one out of the chamber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's more likely. So for someone like me who's in the health field, who's a first responder, who looks at putting other lives in his hands, I I kind of move to be a little bit more cautious. Right. And it's, it's not like I don't want the, you know, the, the country to reopen. It's not like I don't want people working. Um, we were just talking about it before the show. We've jumped right. from 3.5% unemployment, which is the lowest it's ever really been, to 14.7% of the population uh-huh. is, is, you know, not working. Now, right. to put that in a proper perspective, if there's 350 million people, not thousand, million people mm-hmm. and 14.7% of them are out of work. That's a crazy number. Yeah, that, that is. But, and then also here's the thing. So then my next theoretical question is something that I've been pondering like on my own is just like, how does that affect the food chain of currency? So like, if there's not people working, there's no jobs, then it's like, what do we do? What do we do as far as like cycling dollars? Like where, where does that position us like in this country alone? And then mm-hmm. where, where are we going? Where are we going with that? You know, cause you have to keep, you know, you have to keep the engine running in order, in order for it to be going. Cause otherwise our paper currency is going to be worth shit. Correct. So right. yeah, <laughs> so, so then it's like how do we how do we change jobs like how do we because I don't I don't even think like manual labor is gonna is gonna soon to be non-existent like you're gonna have to be doing a lot of stuff like online there's gonna be a lot of like micro manufacturing and stuff and trading of goods kind of, kind of like a mixed bartering of some sort like kind of like the dystopian future that we look at when we look at movies like. Minority Report or Total Recall or whatever futurist like movie. Uh, uh, what is the other one? Children of Men, uh, uh, Elysium. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of scary movies out that I kind of go back to. Um, um, but when I look at when I look at the U.S. economy, the U.S. economy 
thrives off of people working and then turn around and recycling that money towards right. products, services, mm-hmm. paying taxes, uh-huh. things of that sort. Right. So when you look right. at when you look at I don't know that that three fifty three hundred fifty million. Uh, let me see. You're looking at about just over fifty one million people. Right. Fifty one million people who are not working right now. Mm-hmm. And they cannot they cannot produce a product or a service and then they don't have the revenue to be able to pour back into you know, into the economy, pay taxes, right. things of that sort. So everything right. is into a limbo and, and so we we sit back with the with the the more Christian hope that, you know what, the this too shall pass and we shall return back to a normal kind of society, but I think the mentality is different. I think just because we can say, okay, now the curve is flattened, you're starting to see less cases, I don't know if the mentality changes. You know? Um, And and that becomes a very interesting statistic. That's that's an intangible statistic. I don't think people are aware of, like, even though it's flattened, like, I don't think – I don't. I don't think anybody's uh, aware of that. Like the whole flattening thing. I think they think they're taking it as a joke because it feels like once everything opens up, people want to throw parties and all this shit like that. And then like something's mm-hmm. gonna probably hit the fan, and then they're gonna be like, "See, True. we told you so." It's kind of like the grasshopper and the ant theory. Correct. So it's like, and so, it, so my, you know, for me, just me personally, this is me speaking. Like right. what, like what, what. Like what do we do after that? And then how does how does America look when we get back out into the public when things are like actually okay? Like after the the election, like what happens then? Like do we is it going to be like a like a sprawl? Like you're going to have a um, it feels like there's going to be a clear divide between the the upper class and the lower class, and then like there's going to be like sprawling cities, and then people are going to be scavengers about their real estate and for people that are working. It's not going to be the same, you know what I'm saying? As much as people want to be spiritual and be like, oh, it's going to be a beautiful earth, but still we have to deal with the human condition at the same time. True. Now, something like that would take a little bit more dramatic appeal. Yeah. If if the United States goes to about 50% unemployment. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Right. The same way you said that, you pictured that in my head. If you could see one out of two Americans, that's 175 million people unemployed, cannot get goods, cannot get services, cannot earn a wage, cannot, cannot take care of their families, desperate times will call for desperate measures. Right. And it won't matter who's in office, nope. whether it's, you know, Democrat or Republican. It won't matter who's mm-hmm. controlling the House. You're looking mm-hmm. at anarchy in its worst form. You were in L.A. during the riots. No, actually, I wasn't. I was in uh, You weren't in L.A.? In Georgia. I was in L.A. No, I was in, I was in Georgia. Or okay. I was in, no, no, no. I was, in, um, I was in Delaware, and I got in trouble okay. because of that. So I lived through the L.A. riots, 
of '92. Yeah. And when you tell when when you see the whole burning, it's 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 it gets locked into your mindset. I picture every urban metropolis going through the same thing. To the point then, with all of the anarchy, there's rioting, there's looting, and then there's no more product at all. Mm -hmm. And then it gets worse. Because once you rob the store, Mm -hmm. and there's no more products in the store, Mm -hmm. then you start looking at your neighbor. Yeah, and then the person who has products and services, and hope may not have a gun, may not be armed to protect their items. The strongest mm-hmm. will survive. They will they will be consumed by that anarchy. Right. So I, I look at people who like uh, who initially start doing this hoarding kind of thing, like going out buying lots of toilet paper and the hand sanitizer and all the cleaning materials. If your neighbor knows you have that, you're the first person they're going to attack. Right. If I if I was to see fifty percent unemployment, and and right now you're at fourteen point seven, all you need mm-hmm. is another thirty six percent. But then you see Wall Street starting to make a recovery. If anyone yeah. has been watching the Dow Jones, it, I mean, it was up into like 23 points. I think it, in one day it jumped up like 700 points. So yeah. for Wall Street, it looks like companies are getting a little bit healthier. They're getting their legs underneath them, and they're starting to, you know, pull things together, and that's great. But how does that apply to Main Street? Right. Because Main Street is not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Main Street, again, sees 14.7 unemployment. Right. So, yeah, Ray, um, it's something that I think about. Um, It's something that we could actually see. There's an actual possibility that we could see that. Mm -hmm. Because I I can't wait to see what May's numbers are. If May's numbers jump up higher than the 14.7, yeah, there is a bit of concern. Yeah, it's a big concern. Big concern. Um, yeah, um, I might have to go and get like the AR-15 and the hand grenade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, see about financing for a tank. You know what I'm saying? See if I can. You know what I'm saying? National Guard is right up the street. See if they got a a discount rate on a tank that I can uh, have. Because it's crazy. It's it's a crazy thing to even think of. Never in my wildest imagination if you would have told me in February where we would be in May. I wouldn't even believe you. I don't, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I I just think about that. And and it's like growing up playing, like, role-playing games and, uh, Mm -hmm. Not the not those boring not the boring ones not like they're boring or whatever but uh where you have to like scavenge for stuff and then there's a shop there's mm-hmm. a you know what I'm saying now gun shops are gonna be as common as grocery stores because that was like part of the game like you go to the grocery stores get your little elixirs the healing spells and your food and then you go get your guns mm-hmm. and then you go get your armory 
and you would just mm-hmm. you sleep at a hotel or in, and they, or you go out into the wilderness and figure it out to the next town. Right. <laughs> right. So, and for a guy like me, um, you know, my my uncle says I'm a city boy because I've right. never gone out hunting or fishing. You know, lived off the land or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I might be one of the first ones to go. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Unless I have a bigger gun than you, then I'll just take your fish and take your uh, rabbit right. and deer. Right. You know, um, but it's, it's it's complicated out there, right? It's a complicated society. You know, and people want what they want. I was just right. um, thinking of um, out in Huntington Beach, the big protest that they had a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of weekends ago, because... Um, um, Governor Newsom uh, closed down the beaches there, and they mm-hmm. were in an uproar. They were out there protesting, like you know. It's just a beach. It's just a beach. Well, you know, it it depends on how you see it. You know, for you know, maybe for me and you, it's just a beach. It'll be there. It's always been there. And once things are cleaned up and cleared out, it'll still be there. That's how we see right. it. But Mm-hmm. For a person, for a person who feels as though their rights are being infringed upon, um, when you feel as though your freedoms have been taken away, or mm-hmm. your you know your rights have been restricted, then you feel as though you may need to rise up. Well, I feel like and, it's, more, it's more of a thing. It's like your feelings over your personal safety. Which one do you want? I want what I want, that's, so it becomes that's, that's, it becomes that's what my it feels personal. Like it's coming down to, and it's like, and don't get me wrong, yeah. for the listeners, it's, it's it's nothing personal towards you. It's just looking at things very objectively. It's like, do you would you rather like get sick and get your family sick and your neighbor sick, or would you rather go to the beach for a weekend? Like, let's weigh the let's weigh them out and see what what do you want, you know? And if it's not causing well, harm, then it's not causing harm. We get that. But it's, it's just just looking at things in that perspective, like in a, from a dichotomy or a bifocal perspective or whatever. And this is where you and I both agree. I look over, I look over safety versus my personal freedoms right now. Right. Um, I'm relying on the government to be involved to help boost the economy. Mm-hmm. I am I am I am looking for the government to help uh create some kind of vaccine or um an antibody uh booster that's going to help mm-hmm. us quell this. Um I am all for that. So for me mm-hmm. to ask for big government or big brother to be involved I also have to take on the negatives by them saying, hey, for us to slow this thing down to a controllable number, I need to restrict you on some things. Right. I can't ask for and one without receiving the other. Right. And then there then there goes that whole thing with the, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. I don't know if it's a conspiracy or just whatever you want to call it, the HR 6666 where people – in a vaccination or whatever, um, people are 
against the whole vaccination because they say this, that, and the third? And then what does that look like? Is it is it like something that's going to be mandatory, or you take it because you have a strand of corona? And then, like, what – is it kind of like, you know, how you get your food vaccination when you're a kid? You have to get all those stamps and stuff. Or if you work mm-hmm. in healthcare, you have to get that. Like, is it that type of situation? So there's that thing. Like, I got yelled at, like, I was just going to pick something up, and and somebody was talking about one of the guys, I guess it was Dr. Buttar, and he's like, he's an anti-vaxxer, and blah, blah. I was like, I, man, I just came to pick this stuff up. Whatever you need, whatever I came to pick up, and I just want to go. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I get it. You got kids, or, but it's like, like, just don't yell that at me. Like, there's a lot more information to unpack than just, like, somebody's an anti-vaxxer. Like, let's look at all things before you just start yelling stuff and random facts at people. Um, and just remember who we are, like, in the beginning. Like, if y'all friends or if you're if you're a friend of somebody or an associate of somebody, y'all get along. Like, remember y'all were friends first before all this stuff and all the different facts that are being shot around by, like, media and whatever. And, like, if somebody's giving you information – I just look at it from all sides. Don't just be like no or thank you or just yelling at people. Just look at it. Like it's it's better that they tell um, you than not tell you than be like I, I told you so. You know what I'm saying? Or be like you didn't even tell me. You knew. Like it's it's just it's just crazy. Um, my great grandmother uh, many years ago told me you need to know what you're working with. Right. Know what you're working with. And I was like, okay, I get that. And one of the things I look at is when people told me that they voted for Donald Trump and I did not vote for him, it wasn't as Mm -hmm. though I didn't like him. It was the fact that I found Clinton to be the better qualified person. I looked at it like I was a supervisor interviewing two employees or potential employees. If I'm looking Mm -hmm. for the office of president, Clinton was a first lady. She's a lawyer. She's been a secretary of state. She's been a senator. (laughs) To me, that was good qualification to be the leader of the free world. Got it. Some people would say, well, you know, the president's a fool. He's an idiot. He's this or that or the other. And I respect the position and say he's the president. Mm-hmm. I might not necessarily agree with how he implements some policies, but it is what it is. And then I just kind of take it how it comes. And I pray, I pray that he has been led to do the right things the right way. But that the yeah. right things the right way is probably based on interpretation. So, Going right. back to your friend, going back, going back to circling back to your friend, if if they are kind of in their lens, they're focusing on one kind of way, and they advertise how they feel in a certain way, I might be less likely to give them education if it contradicts how they think and feel as much as I might like them or might love them or care about them enough to give them education. 
not all people accept education the same way. Like right. you'll send me stuff, you'll send me tidbits and stuff, and I'm not man, I'm not saying, yo, this is crazy, uh, this is whack. Right? Don't send me this because you know it's just a waste of my time. I will right. look at what you send, read it, and I'll make a process. And if it's something I might want to engage with you on, I might call, I might actually call you up or send you a text and be like, yo, you want to talk about this? Or right. I may just hold on to it. You know, um, I, I am I am notorious for sometimes keeping useless information in my head because you never know when it's useful. Mm-hmm. Right? But right. I'm probably one of your I'm probably one of your most open minded friends. So yeah, yeah, you might throw you might throw three, four, five, fifteen things at me, and I'll be like, okay, thanks, right? Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Some of your friends are not going to be that way, and you need to know who you're working with with your friends. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. Right. I can't I can't tell that to this person. Yeah. You know yeah. I can't you know I can't I can't share this information because they won't know how to process it. Right. They'll react to it. They won't like. They won't try to absorb it first, it. and then, yeah, yeah. And that's my thing. Talk slow and use pictures. So you know, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I'm that way. I am that way, right? You know what? Like I said, you know, I'm more open minded than most. Yeah, I have my opinions, but yeah, what's what's great about it is allowing others to engage with you and see if their perspective changes your opinion. Mm-hmm. It may not. It may not. But allow yourself the time to process it, because otherwise you're a bigot. Right. Who wants to be labeled as a bigot? I don't feel like being labeled a bigot. I don't. But you know, it's the world we're living in, right? So I'm just wondering. So after, so like after enduring all this, like. Just learning, like one of the one of the main things, and like I had Troy Byer on the show earlier, and she's been making some comments mm-hmm. on Instagram about like how, you know, you know who your friends are now because they're the people that have been calling and checking in on you, mm-hmm. or they've been the people that have been like responding to you, like regardless of what you send or whatever, they at least like mm-hmm. they call or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that, like, I've been learning. I know that some other people out there have been learning the same thing. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, like, shedding off of, like, some of the people that are, like, whacking your life. So I'm just wondering, like, again, I'm just wondering, like, how things are going to look like coming out of this and, like, what are, what are jobs going to look like coming out of this, <clears throat> whether you're in the creative um, industry or restaurant. <clears throat> like, what is gonna, what's the new thing? I think it's going to be a slow climb to recover. I think, I think one, we're still not out of the woods yet. So we're not on the, the light at the end of the tunnel yet. And I don't expect that to happen until roughly December. Yeah, you know, if, that might be if, if, at December. Yeah. And here's the reasons why. For those okay. people, like the example, for the people examples in um, Huntington Beach, mm-hmm. they prefer their freedoms 
their luxuries and their desires over their health. They will probably be more likely and I would be and I would be remiss to, to kind of have people review what Huntington Beach coronavirus outbreak statistics look like. Hmm. Like, let's see what their numbers were two weeks ago and see where their numbers are a month from now. Right. Because they determined they want to go out to the beach. They don't care about social distancing. You know, they they want what they want. And that and that means the government right now is in their way, hampering them from getting what they want. Yeah. I, um, also, I, I don't want to throw this out there, but it has to – also there's this thing with the whole privilege thing that might be thrown up too with that. You know, because you know Huntington Beach, they ain't – they ain't full of bros, so like they can kind of like do what they want. But if it was us, it'd be a whole different, it'd be a whole different ball game. Well, and you're right. I mean, if if statistically you have historically been able to do whatever it is you want to do whenever you want to do it, mm-hmm. without any restriction, that that mindset sticks with you. Right. Like um, this, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Ahmad Arbery. Right. When he was when he was followed, confronted, shot and killed by that father and son duo. That father mm-hmm. and son duo wanted to impose their will upon him. They were not on-duty police officers. They were regular citizens the same way he was. And they were right. determined They were determined to make him submit to what they wanted to have happen. Right. Now, some people can call that white privilege. Okay. Yeah. And some people may be offended by that. And you mm-hmm. should be offended by that. Because for someone who's African-American... We don't have white privilege. Right. Historically, for hundreds of years, African Americans were suppressed. They were beaten. They were raped. They were lynched. They were sold. They were treated as property. We were right. treated as though we, we could live, breathe, have eyes, limbs, nose, heart, but we were looked at as property. So when you start to look at it from an African-American standpoint and you compound that by segregation, slavery, Jim Crow, and the current statistic of, of black people being killed at random on video and there not being any repercussions, this hmm. will change the mindset of a people. If the roles were reversed, oh man! If the roles were reversed, it'd be a whole different situation. If blacks, if blacks took on ships and raided Europe and took those people from Europe, brought them to America and treated them as slaves, it'd be a whole different scenario. Mm. Would be, but. That's a hypothetical. 
So yes, there is there is this thing of white privilege and it's being shown, even though maybe white people may not say that it's that way. It's just they're not open their eyes to it because they can't see it. They can't. And so we are where we are. Huntington Beach, um, like I said, is a prime example. I was watching something um, where a woman, uh, she was at a Gelson's in Dana Point. Oh, no. She, she was not allowed to enter the store without having a mask on. She, she mentioned in her video, she, she did the video. After speaking with management, she said that she has a medical condition in which she cannot wear a mask. She said she didn't want her HIPAA violation, I mean, her HIPAA rights to be violated. This is what she's saying in the video, right? Now, mm-hmm. I like Gelson's. Gelson's is a great store. It's a great it's nice. store franchise. It's like Bristol Farm. It is extremely nice. Oh. However, it is privately owned, and they have the right to conduct their business the way they feel. Mm -hmm. And if this woman did not want to comply, she could have gone to Trader Joe's. She could have gone to Whole Foods. She could have gone to Ralph's. Right. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, any other store, she said that she wanted to get some items and they may be private. It wouldn't be private because they are the store. They know whatever product is in the store. It's not like... You could go into Gelson's, have a secret knock, a compartment opens up, and you could buy something privately. You can't. You can't. So she went on this this rant for about maybe seven minutes or so. That is white privilege being denied. And she was in a funk about it. Was her name Karen? Uh, I'm gonna leave that alone, bro. I, I didn't even know the name, but um, I mean, it's just no, cause no. Do you know that's a new thing? Like Karens are the ones that always are the start the arguments. They want to see the managers, and they're just complaining. That's the new thing, Karen. Mm. I didn't make that yeah, up. Yeah, I think her name was Karen. <laughs> okay, look, got it. Karen is the new is the, is the white N word. Oh wow. Yeah, the so white if you call somebody that's Karen, crazy. Like it's a it's those fighting words, bro. Wow, thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna use that now. I'm gonna <laughs> implement. I'm gonna implement that phrase into my daily living, effective immediately. And I appreciate you for that. Love see again, you're sharing knowledge. I'm sharing what I see and what it is. That's what it is. It is what it is, bro. Karen. Okay, got it. That's Karen. great. That's great. Karen. There it is. Don't let her put raisins in uh, that potato salad. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Please okay. don't. Right. Please don't. That is an odd feeling. I don't who who thought I need to go back to the very beginning to the first person who did that. And be like, yo, you need uh uh-uh, don't do that. Uh, don't do that. No, you well, you can't come to the barbecue ever. It's... Ever, <laughs> ever. No, I don't need you bringing that. Just bring water. 
and it, uh, plates. I need you to bring plates and a cup. And napkins. But no, no food. And napkins. No food at all. Nope. Don't bring nothing. No. Don't. Maybe What's in that flavor toothpick. Maybe. 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 That's pushing it. Oh, what is that yeah. in that container? No, you take that back to the car. I yeah, need to take, take that back, back to the car. Maybe Bring me a bag of ice. Maybe chocolate chip cookies. No, I need them in a package. I can't be no homemade. No. Oh, okay. All right. All no, right. uh-uh. Okay. No. Mm-mm. They got to inspect um, it. Be at a picnic like TSA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, was, that was too far. That was too far. That can't go. I know. Right, my bad. It's okay. It's okay. That's what friends are for—to bring you right back, bring you right back into the fold. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, those are just a lot of the things that just just been on my mind, man. Um, besides that, taking me taking some online courses, improving oh, really? in my creative what you, skills. What you, what you trying to study, man? Uh. I'm studying coding and uh, travel lifestyle photography, how to, like, improve, how to do retouching. Oh, that's dope, how to, man. How to do better, Congrats, man. Do better uh, my compositions, make them a little bit tighter, making the colors oh. a little bit more vibrant. So okay. uh, I'm, I'm going to shoot. I went out, actually. There's a really cool park I found, like, out in Calabasas that I shot at. And, I'm, and I've been looking at some other, like, locations, especially the – Shoot where uh, Kendrick Lamar shot his video. I found where that park is. I'm gonna go shoot there. I'm just gonna just shoot some hills and just improve on my my shooting skills and hopefully I can get a. I would love to get a big client. I would love to work with North Face or the Sunto brand for the watches. Oh, that's awesome, man. Well, keep um keep working on that personal development, man. Keep working on it. Huh? Keep working on that personal development, man. You going yeah, places, yeah. man? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm I'm trying to do. And then also like you know podcasting. Podcasting is new for me. If I find a class on that, on how to improve the production of it, like I'm so down for it. But I think I kind of like got a hand a handle on it. Just more consistency and just getting more guests is the only the only thing right now, which that's is that. not really a problem. It's just the outreach. That's all. It's just a lot of hard work. And like anything, mm-hmm. like there's no there's no real shortcut. You just gotta like. Get in there and put in the work. Got to do it, bro. There's no. That's right. Just be patient. Mhm. And make sure you love That's what you right. do too. Because you don't love what you do, you do all that hard work. Ain't gonna mean a hill of beans if you hate what you're doing. Man, true. That's why I gave up male exotic dancing, bro. I gave up oh, male exotic oh, dancing just because of that. Oh, okay. The baby oil, the glitter, all of that. It was complicated. Hand and the alcohol. Com- you had to yeah, the man. And the, and the lotion on the pole and how to get it off is too greasy. Yeah, man. Oh, I know. man. I know, man. I know what you're talking about. I, I hear you, bro. Complicated. Yeah. Complicated. Some guy was sharing. I don't know why he was sharing it with me, TMI, but uh, that's what Hey, it is. you know, caring is sharing, bro. <laughs> Sometimes. Or sharing, is, <laughs> or sharing is caring. And there it is. <laughs> well, my brother, man, about ready for us to close this show up, man, and mosey on over to the sunset. So to my listeners out there, man, take care of yourself, man. Stay safe. Um, Stay vigilant. Um, We're almost there. We're almost there. We're closer to the finish line than where we were in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think my last word will probably be, yeah, just hang in there. 
talk to your friends and family. Stick to the ones that, that love you and actually act on loving you because love is an action word. It's not a – it doesn't describe nothing. It's a, it's a verb from for some of you guys that study yeah. English. So, yeah. So and there it people is, that man. love you or act like they do or call you and return your calls, like stick close to them and cut off the people that aren't. It's going to make your life a lot better. Do the FaceTime, do your Zoom calls if you can't. Like, just reach out to somebody or draw a picture or pick up a hobby. Stay that's safe, right. Take care of your health. And I think that's all I got. And right. Always be good to each other. Be good to yourself, man. Special shout-out to my man, OJ Jackson Sr., Ice Cube, celebrating 30 years of the release of America's Most Wanted, bro. Keep it up, oh, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Keep it that's up. That's all we got. That's all we got, everybody. And uh, next Wednesday, we're going to be talking to DJ Shank. Uh, He manages uh, D Smoke. So we're going to be talking to him. And we've got some more guests coming up. And then we'll just go from there. And if anything changes, then you'll just hear from us. You're going to hear our voices. That's it. That's right. All right, bro. Hey, you take care. Take care of yourself, my people. Peace. All right. (laughs) 